This is the point in time during the season where you got to look at roster cutdowns. Uh, we're going to look at the offensive guys, look at a list of 25 guys that possibly could be on the bubble of making this team. We'll look at that as well as 25 on defense. And in the last segment, what we'll do is we'll talk about philosophy. Where do the Browns go in terms of the philosophy of how they want to construct this roster, whether it's heavy on running backs, tight ends, or receivers. We'll talk about that all coming up next on the Locked on Browns podcast. You are Locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen. Whether it is on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you're following, subscribe to the show, or of course now on YouTube. The growth over there has been fantastic. Uh, certainly excited about it. And as Garrett and I will always say, certainly not satisfied with it to this point. Um, we are trending towards the final Browns preseason game of 2021, week three, Saturday night, facing the Chicago Bears. And yes, the Browns roster is now currently at 80. By next week, they're going to have to get that down 27 names to 53. Um, I think we're getting to the point now where you can probably say it's basically down to about, you know, maybe seven, eight players, if that. So we're going to break all that down here first on the offensive side of the ball, then on the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, you know, Garrett's going to talk a little roster construction in segment three, maybe where it's going to differ this year as opposed to years of the past. And we're going to touch on the tight end position there. And I have some thoughts maybe on the tight end position that we're going to you know, close that out with as well. Um, looking at it, I think, you know, basically what we're going to say is Brown's going to go into this with two quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs. So there's two of probably what you're looking at, about 25 guys on the offensive side of the ball. Um, running backs and running backs and wide receivers, this is where it's going to get interesting. You know, Demetri Felton, um, there's been some praise of his work in the slot, and this is something he did at UCLA before he transitioned back to running back. The Browns basically drafted him saying, we think he's a playmaker. We're not sure exactly where yet, but uh, his biggest and only success really for the Browns to this point has been as a slot receiver. So you look at Demetri Felton. He's basically maybe going to be your 4.5 running back, but also maybe your 5.5 wide receiver, Chubb, Hunt, uh, Dearness Johnson, uh, Jerome Ford, and you put Felton in there, and that gives you four and a half players there. The wide receiver position, uh, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell. Um, then you mentioned, you know, Felton. That gets you to four and a half there. Gives you the opportunity for players to battle out there, um, you know, whether it's Javon Wims, uh, whether it's Baldwin who's currently going through a uh, concussion. We'll see what the fate of Michael Woods is going to be to the Browns. Maybe throw him on a short-term IR because um, if he's not on the practice field today, I don't think the Browns are going to rush him back to play this week. To then maybe stash him for a month till Michael Woods is you know ready to give a better you know, accountability of his talent. Uh, there is Michael Hartley who got a little run, uh, you know, sat, uh, Sunday against the Eagles. So what are these guys? We'll find a way to make the final roster. So you figure the Browns at the wide receiver position is probably going to be five and a half. Uh, Javon Woods is interesting. Uh, he's played in the league. He's had some success. This could maybe be a guy that scratches here for the time being. Offensive line, you know, we know the starters starters from left to right. It's Wills. Batonio, uh, Prosyke, um, then, of course, Wyatt Teller, then, of course, Jack Conklin, um, Chris Hudson as probably your first left guard, right guard, right tackle. 
Uh, James Hudson, um, left tackle, right tackle, has that flexibility. Michael Dunn is probably locked down this backup center spot. Um, then they also have Blake Hance, who you know is going to also fill in on the interior if he's needed there. That gives you nine offensive linemen. Um, then you get to the tight end room. Um, you know, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant are going to be here. Um, if you're looking for tight end three, I think Nakia Griffin-Stewart has looked the best of this bunch to this point. He does have NL, NFL experience. And Johnny Stanton becomes another one here, Garrett, where it's a little bit difficult because you could look at Johnny Stanton and say, you know, 3.5, you know, your your fourth tight end, but half tight end. Um, when you do go to goal line in short yardage situations, you might want a fullback there. Do you go the Johnny Stanton route? Do you use an Akia Griffin-Stewart? Do you maybe use a Kareem Hunt? But I think there'd be a, a fighting chance for Stanton. And I think I wasn't one that was truly thought it was going to be that way, but it certainly could work out that way. Then you also, you look at the other you know offensive line. Alex Taylor has had a really, really nice camp. Do the Browns want to go 10 deep at the offensive line position? They have in the past. Um, and the only reason you do that is because you feel these guys have the ability to play, which you certainly get from a coach like Bill Callahan. But that's where we're getting to it. I mean, there's going to be a couple of these names that we just mentioned here left off and not necessarily saying the Browns are going to keep 25. But when you try to put together a 53-man roster, basically you go 25 on offense, 25 on D, understanding they're going to have three on special teams. But for me, uh, I think we're down to like a nitty-gritty of, you know, one of these receivers, whether it's Wims, Baldwin, um, Woods, Hartley, a guy like Alex Taylor, Johnny Stanton, certainly in that mix. These guys are all battling it out right now. Um, and, you know, most of them to see significant significant playing time Saturday night. Not sure if the Browns' minds are made up yet, but this these are certainly going to be the guys battling each other out to uh, fill out that offensive room for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I think Wims, when you look at it from a receiver standpoint, this is going to be the diff diff most difficult one because you, you got guys like uh, Hartley, you got guys like Wims, um, and they're beginning to play in the time because David Bell and Schwartz have been out. But, but you also have to look and, and really, really get to a point where you say, okay, let's look at some of these receivers. Um, you, you know you have Mari Cooper. Uh, you know you're going to have Anthony Schwartz. Uh, you know you have David Bell, but past that, and obviously Donovan Peoples-Jones. So Wims is a guy that I'm looking at could be a, a casualty. Uh, you also look at uh, a guy like Jamarcus Bradley. Um, I don't know. He he just always seems to be a guy that's just always on the squad, whether or not somebody gets hurt. Um, I think you you accurately point out that uh, Demetri Felton is a, a kind of a half receiver, half uh, returner, half uh, half running back. So since he does have those that versatility, I think his name is a guy that is going to be safe on this team. But when you look at it, uh, you have uh, Aesop Winston, uh, you know, and and I think the I think the guy who is going to be safe, but we haven't seen him, is Mike Woods. I you, I look at his cap number, right? Um, doesn't have a huge cap number. You know, he, he got a seven hundred thousand some dollar out salary or whatever, a little bit of bonus, forty two thousand. But one of the things about Mike Woods is he really impressed people by what he was able to do when all those other receivers were out. He was holding it down. He was a guy that the, the uh, you know, the coaching staff was really excited about. So I think you end up with Mike Woods making this team. Um, and then you get to Bart Mike Hartley Jr. Um, he's a he's Dalen Baldwin is another guy. So for me, I think they they take six receivers, but it's kind of like we only going to take five plus Demetric Felton is kind of a half. So I, I think that they would end up taking, I, I think they'll get five, maybe six at the most at a receiver, receiver in a receiving core. 
Well, the tricky part with Mike Woods is, um, you know, it, it's not a season-ending injury, so you can't put him on IR yet because, you know, then you can't bring him back. But the other thing is, you, you know, because he's a rookie, you subject him to being claimed by waivers. Um, when the Browns, when he first went down, the Browns said it was going to be some time, and they said it was significant. So if you're talking hamstring, and it's probably been, what, two weeks now for Mike Woods being down, you're talking six to eight weeks, which could say, hey, first four weeks of the season, maybe Mike Woods is on IR. Um, you'd hate to see it for the kid, obviously, because he was showing well, but you know, he is missing so much. And you even got to remember when Mike Woods was playing, that's when Deshaun Watson was practicing as the number one quarterback for this team. Uh, vastly different now where it is, you know, Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs getting a ton of reps. I'm not ready to move on from Mike Woods. I, 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 I want to see at least a fair fighting chance for him. So I think hopefully that would be the path for Mike Woods. Um, then you get to other guys who might, you know, possibly end up as far as, you know, scout team, uh, that type of thing for, and, and it comes down to maybe, you know, do you like Alex Taylor enough where you're going to go 10 at the offensive line position? And it's nice that Alex Taylor showed well, it is, but it's not like the Browns haven't had him in and out of here like four or five times already. Um, is is he vastly improved in the Browns' eyes? Or, I mean, are they confident with the nine offensive linemen they have? Um, and that's not discounting whether or not the fact they go, you know, outside the building to maybe bring one more in. Yeah, and, and that's another thing we bring up in this. Uh, great point. You just said it. Uh, they, yeah, they like the guys, and some guys could be, you know, possibly on the 53, but it all depends on who else is getting cut out there. Um, they always have an opportunity to look outside of the building and say, hey, look, we want another guy to bring him in uh, to compete, or whether they, that we feel is a veteran or a young guy that has some promise that another team was unfortunately, uh, you know, had to cut and let go. So those are always things that another conversation or another layer to this conversation, because you're going to look around to see the way on a waiver wire guys who got cut some guys are going to be out there that can help potentially help you at defensive tackle or wide receiver the two main areas of need for the cleveland browns so we'll say it all shakes out uh you know brown's gonna have many decisions here um you know through the weekend leading up to late you know late tuesday afternoon um as they take this you know roster from 80 to 53 um and it's certainly not like years past where you know i you know brown's fans even myself as host of this was just kind of like who are we actually keeping? Because there really ain't talent here, and hopefully we can go shop, you know, basically on everybody's front yard after they make their cuts. Certainly it'll be a different round here for the Browns uh, with this uh, cut day coming up here in 2022. We're going to get back here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how we think it's going to shake out here, the defensive side of the ball. Garrett Bush from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, your host, Jeff Lloyd, as well. Your latest Locked on Browns. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. I, as many of you know, I've, I've suffered some serious significant losses in the last few years, whether it was my older brother, my father, my mother-in-law. Uh, it's been really, really difficult to, uh, you know, get through everyday life, you know, try to be the best husband I can be for my wife, try to be the best father I can to my girls. Um, so that's why you look out and look for places like BetterHelp Online. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs. It can match you with one of your own licensed professional therapists in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right one for you. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to charge therapists if needed. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily. Folks just going on and on about the difference the folks at BetterHelp have made in their lives, uh, how quickly the response time is, 
how there is you no know, basically cutting off if it ends up being a longer session or a longer you know message exchange back and forth that they've always been there for them in any way they needed. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. They have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Welcome back to Locked On Browns. Uh, third preseason game coming up here. Uh, third and final for the Cleveland Browns before one week off before getting it strapped up and set to go September 11th against the Carolina Panthers down in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, if you want to be a part of the most hip, the most happening in the right now, uh, updates, news, and, and analysis for the Cleveland Browns, we there's no better place to get it than Locked On Browns podcast. Make sure you go ahead and salute and submit, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, and go ahead that notification bell and definitely hit the like button, which helps our get our content out to everyone else. So we'll continue to do that throughout the entirety of the season. We're just getting started here. And please f- don't forget to continue to make us your first listener today anywhere you download your podcast. Jeff, we talked about the offensive uh, spectrum, offensive positions out there that could potentially have some cuts in it. Um, we're going to break down the defensive side of the football now. Um to me, the, the the most up in air position when you look at it is a defensive tackle position, um, and 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 as well as some of the linebackers there as well. Uh, Jeff, go through. You know, what are some of the guys on the list of defensive guys that could possibly um, have some some position and roster of, of positions available for players? Um, now, when we're doing this, I mean, you basically, again, you're trying to get your way to basically 25. Uh, we'll get to the defensive backs, but you figure about 10 names there. Um, something can certainly change. Um, starting with the DN room. Um, you know, so, you know, you go, of course, Miles Garrett, you go to JDB and Clowney. I think both rookies are going to be safe. We know Alex Wright is going to be safe. Um, Isaiah Thomas, I'll be honest with you. If you were a seventh round rookie that the Browns didn't maybe think much of, they would care less whether or not you were out there practicing with a cast on your hand. Um, Isaiah Thomas is out there getting it done. And off of a strong, uh, first week of preseason, um, you know, then you know, breaking a hand or, or having a kid on it, birth of his child, back out there today, hopefully to show out well Saturday night. I think this is interesting with saying the two rookies are safe. Um, and Chase Winovich hasn't done a lot here over the last couple of weeks, and it's great that you were a participant in the early part of camp, but you know, not being part of the preseason games. Um, it's uh, created a chance for Rochelle to show his name here. Um, and you look at these guys both size-wise. Um, Rochelle is more in line with what the Browns are looking for at the position, a little bit more length, a little more meat on the bone, so to speak. Winovich, a little bit smaller, a la, you know, uh, Tack McKinley last year. Um, Rochelle's got nine and a half career sacks. Chase Winovich has got 11. Winovich didn't have any last year. So it's not like either one of these guys have a track record that's going to flip, you know, the decision for the Browns either way. So you look at this and for the Browns, you know, who's could be that fifth edge? Cause I think they'll probably keep five. Defensive tackle, look, I think we know I th- I've got four that are gonna make it. I don't think anybody's overly all geeked about it, but I think at the end of the day, I think it's gonna be Jordan Elliott. I think it's gonna be Tavon Bryan, it's gonna be Perry on Winfrey, it's gonna be Tommy Tokyo. There's really nobody else in that room. Maybe Glenn Logan kind of showed well last week, but as we talked with John Costco, he looked the best of a of a weak bunch. It's not like he looked overall overall good. He was just the best of a bad, bad bunch. You get to the linebacker position, and you, first things first, you just look at the way the down, Browns' depth chart is. Um, they list four starting linebackers. They only play three. 
Uh, so, you know, J.O.K., Jacob Phillips, Anthony Walker, uh, Sione Takitaki, all locks. I think Tony Fields has played well and impressed to this point. So I think there's a spot where, you know, Tony Fields probably sticks around here and is going to make this team. And Dakota Allen was brought in specifically because he's a special teamer and a plus special teamer. So that gives you right off the bat nine on the defensive line, six uh, at the linebacker position, puts you at 15, which gets to your secondary numbers. Uh, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, uh, Martin Emerson, Greedy Williams, AJ Green. These five guys are all locks. Safety position, Grant Elpitt's a lock, John Johnson's a lock, Ronnie Harrison, uh, Richard LeCount. That gets you right there to nine defensive backs. So you get to maybe a Herb Miller, uh, Anthony Bell batting, battling each other out. Do they go an extra defensive end early? So does maybe Chase Winovich or Rochelle both make the team? Do they find a way to keep the kid from the USFL, Chris Odom? Um, so these are some names that are going to be battling it out here. You know, look, health will sometimes dictate this, this situation going into the first week or two. Um, you know, if you're dinged up in a position, you're going to maybe have to carry an extra body. Um, but I think, you know, you know, we're, we're pretty firm here on these guys who are going to stay. Herb Miller's had kind of a nice camp. Um, I think the Anthony Bell has been a guy that's really, you know, probably taking people, you know, by storm. But, you know, like we were talking about yesterday with John Costco, if you're going to be as old as he is as a rookie, uh, you better come in and know everything and know exactly what you're doing. And I think that's what's impressed with Bell. Uh, you know, do they like the fact that maybe they could go Rochelle or they could go Winovich? And when they go nickel and dime and obvious pass rushing situations, you could kick Garrett inside, you could kick Clowney inside, if not kick them both inside. Now, um, Browns have options here. And it's going to be a little more difficult on defense because I think there's been some guys who've had a decent camp to this point, Garrett. And basically, at the end of the day, it's going to be a musical chairs that there's just not going to be enough chairs for. Yeah, it's this is always the tough part about it. You know, those those musical chairs coming up and and and, and having defensive backs where and, and it, you can't have enough defensive backs. You just can't. Um I look at a couple of years ago, I remember um MJ Stewart getting an opportunity to play and a lot of other guys getting minutes to play. Robert and Jackson starting a playoff game at cornerback. Crazy. I don't even know who that was. I looked at it, I was like, Robert Jackson. That's not <laughs> That, that that sounds like a law firm or something, the law firm of Robert Jackson and Associates. I don't know. Uh, you know, you look at it. And and I thought the second thing that really stands out is the fact that they got four linebackers listed like they're running a 4-4 four four or something. Like <laughs> the old school high school defense where we got four linebackers, four defensive linemen, because you know people weren't throwing the football. So I, I think what that basically means is, you know, they're going to be on the base downs. You're going to see a lot of Anthony Walker. On your passing downs, I think you might see Phillips. You might see Taki Taki a little more uh, in, in that as well. Um, the defensive tackle room, to me, is is pretty cut, dry, and simple. You didn't get those four that you list listed, and I think there's maybe one or two positions, maybe one, because it's usually five defensive tackles they keep. I think they'll, 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 there may be one more guy who has an opportunity to kind of, you know, get into the rotation and make the traveling squad, so to speak. Uh, and then defensive ends. I think, you know, you 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 got Isaiah Thomas, but you got Wright, you got Chase Winovich, and you got uh, Miles Garrett, you got Clowney. So there's that. I think there may be possibly one more position available for a defensive end that comes out there and wants to do it. Curtis Weaver is a guy who you know is on notice. We're gonna see what you got, Kirk, because um, right now that might be out of here. Right, there's a lot of cast might be out of here. So. I think when the, when you look at the offensive side of the football as whether well the defensive side of the football, I think it's way less positions available 
on the, I would say, on the defensive side of the football than offense. There's very few spots available. Backers, you're not going to creep up in that. Secondaries, they got the, the too deep, ready to go. The only position I can see where somebody creeps up and steals playing time is maybe defensive tackle because they just don't have any proven track record. Um, so I, I think the defense is a little bit further along than the offense. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head here. Um, you know, and you know, one thing we've been talking about with everything that wants everybody wants to speak negatively about this team is they don't want to talk about the defensive side of the ball. Um, and we just literally rattled off all these names without any any questions of anything. I mean, these guys are all solid, good football players. Um, a lot of them they've played here. You know, this is now the second year at the Browns. So they played in unison. They understand each other well. Um, I can think it's it, it, you know definitely you know w- with some firm stoutness can say that this defense is probably done. Yeah, I'm sure for Joe Woods, he probably knows exactly. You know, question he's going to have is he's going to pull on Coach Stefanski and say, "Can I get another one on the defensive side of the ball?" Um, you know, because maybe I'm sure there's you know he probably hate to lose a guy like the Anthony Bell because I think the Anthony Bell can go right to a poor team and probably find a roster spot right away, at least the way he showed for the Browns. Um, people have talked well about the games, but he's also had a couple of pick sixes and practices, the Anthony Bell, uh, that not a lot of people keep, you know, bringing up here. Um, we're going to talk a little bit here about maybe, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, some changing within basically the roster structure on the offensive side of the ball is going to be this year. Um, Garrett's going to, you know, give you a list of thoughts on that. I've got some thoughts here on the the tight ends and the way maybe this 11 personnel is going to work for Coach Stefanski. Um, all that more, Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest Locked on Browns. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked on Browns podcast. G. Bush here, Jeff Lloyd here. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and follow us on Twitter at GBush91 and at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Now, let's get to uh, the philosophical differences between what the Cleveland Browns wanted to do last year compared to what they want to do this year. Because I think when you look at those differences, you can try to guess, read the tea leaves into how they want to build this roster, stack this roster, and go about putting, uh, you know, players together to, to make the most cohesive unit. Now, when we look at the tight end position, tight end was something that Kevin Stefanski has been known to covet. Um, you look at Austin Hooper, you look at Harrison Bryant, and then you got David Njoku last year. Three tight ends, all of them were, you know, before the season, if you'd asked one of the stronger units, we would have definitely said tight end because they have three different uh, distinctive tight ends that do different things differently. So um, I looked at that situation and said, okay, you like the tight ends, but the one thing that you have to do as a coach is you have to adapt to who you actually already have. So right now, running backs is a plenty. Right now, you don't have very many targets uh, at receiver, and you have two good tight ends. So if I'm going to devote a roster spot, right, to a you know I'm, I'm devoting a roster spot to tight ends i'm going to need to utilize them i'm going to need that them to actually be the focal point of my offense but that's just not what you have here you got two decent tight ends but you don't got uh anthony gonzalez and 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 
I don't even know who else. Kelsey, <laughs> you ain't got Tony Kelsey and Gronk. That's not who you got right now. So what you have to do is be true to what, what your identity is and be true to how many, what your playmakers do well on your team. So this year, I don't think that you're going to see three tight ends and a fullback on this roster. I just don't. Um, I think that's the reason they gave Njoku the money so they could say he's one of our main guys and we'll work around that. But in terms of, of overall, I, I don't think they're going to be an emphasis on uh, fullbacks run, or excuse me, fullbacks and tight ends like it was in the past um, under Kevin Stefanski because he doesn't have that same type of personnel. So he's going to have to reinvent himself, re- do things um, off consistency, like all, all, off of track. So, you know, sometimes you go to exactly what you want to do and run. Sometimes you got to go off track to throw off all the tendencies in order to get people to, you know, stay off the block, line of scrimmage and be, and, you know, just be overall creative when you call them plays. Uh, I, I I agree with you where we're going to notice some differences um, as far as, you know, tight end usage. For me, it even goes a little further than that. Um, you know, we, we, we've, you know, we talked with John Costco yesterday. The Browns seem to be going with a lot of 11 personnel. Um, and it's not that they didn't do that. They always played the tight ends, but, you know, normally it was fullbacks. So sometimes it was even, you know, <clears throat> 22 personnel. I, I think it's going to be the way you actually physically use them. Um, look, David Ajoku and Harrison Bryant are both more athletic than you know, what they thought they had in Austin Hooper. I think there's going to be scenarios where these guys maybe are lined up on the outside. Maybe wide receivers are lined up on the inside. Uh, David Ajoku has that athleticism. Harrison Bryant uh, went to college as a wide receiver, developed into a tight end. Um, so has familiarity playing on the outside. Had a big reception last year. I think it was week two against the Texans uh, where he lined up as an outside wide receiver. Uh, if you saw Kyle Pitts, the other night for the Falcons, dust a running back, dust a defensive back from the for the Jets. Um, you know, you're bigger, you're faster. You know, as a defensive back, you know, the thought process is, oh well, let me try to get a jam in on him. Well, wait a minute, the guy was 240 pounds. If I jam him, he's going to drop me. He's just going to drop me. So what do I do then? And the next thing you know, the tight end is able to get a move on. I think there's going to be a lot of flexibility in how they're used. Uh, we can use terms like 11 personnel, meaning that you know those guys will be out there. Uh, you know, one wide, you know, I'm sorry, one running back, you know, they'll all be out there. But the question is going to be is how they're physically used. Um, David Bell, we know, has experience from the slot. Anthony Schwartz, we've seen him play some slot, um, whether it's two tight ends on the outside, two wide receivers on the inside, any way you want to do it here. And I think that it's probably one of the things that Coach Stefanski is most excited about here is it's not going to be as basically as vanilla as same personnel lining up in the same places as it was maybe in the last two years, which should certainly help. Jacoby Brissett, anything different you were showing to prospective opponents that the Browns have not shown yet. Coach Stefanski doesn't have on any film yet. Uh, certainly going to have guys on defense going to have their heads spinning. Um, but I think that's the advantage the Browns have with, you know, basically Njoku making the jump, Harrison Bryant making the jump into his spot is um, they do block and they do block, block pretty well, but both are athletic receiving tight ends. Um, that should be big factors here. And maybe we should understand the fact that we're not going to just see them in the comfortable roles or lining up where we felt comfortable with them lining up over the first two last two seasons. Yeah, you, you, you got to diversify. And, and I think this gives a, a, another layer that you can do. And this is one of the reasons I'm so adamant or adamant uh, that, uh, that they get Kareem Hunt involved and, and they move him around um, wherever they need to be. Because one of the things, if you get Kareem Hunt on the field, it's going to open up things for Nick Chubb at the same time. It's going to open up the throws to Amari Cooper. It's going to open up uh, open up the seam route to David Njoku. So 
the more I think that the Browns could be creative and the more that they can, you, you know, use that expression to put people in the best position and, and, and to utilize the mismatches that you have all over this field, I think they'll be they'll be okay. And I think um, th- their philosophy should change, rightfully so. If you got Deshaun Watson, you're not going to be coming out here playing dink and duck, right? <laughs> you, you're not coming out here to just play patty cake. You come out here to put points on the board. And I think um, you'll start to see Kevin Stefanski kind of move away from that 11 personnel, some of the 12 personnel, even sometimes 13 personnel. He'll he'll move more, hopefully, is to the 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. Uh, you know, all, all those different things are, are on the table. And I really think that um, to, for the Browns to be successful, they're going to have to reinvent themselves and continue to do it week in and week out. It's all for all part of what's going to be the next form of Coach Stefanski here. Um, and, you know, when you made this move for Deshaun Watson, even though it's going to be a minute, um, you know, there's basically the thought process was is that Coach Stefanski wasn't able to get to everything in his playbook that he wanted to. Um, you, you got Hooper out of here, made that uh, tight end room more athletic. Um, you got the headaches out of here at the wide receiver position. You brought in somebody like Amari Cooper who's going to do everything you ask. David Bell should hopefully replace a little bit what you lost in Jarvis Landry. Find a way to utilize this you know, sensational speed of Anthony Schwartz, and hopefully he catches the ball. There's the opportunity for change here, um, and you know we'll start to see it maybe, if not Saturday night, hopefully September 11th in Carolina facing the Panthers. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show panel host, Garrett Bush. Uh, the Barbershop 92.3 The Fan. Saturday mornings, numerous other appearances. Catch Garrett over there on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, make sure you're following at GBush91. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself, Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Um, as everybody knows here, you know, this is just you know, the tip of the iceberg here as we're, we're going through these next few days of preseason, building up towards the regular season 2022 Browns Panthers, September 11th. Wow, Baker Mayfield's going to start. Wow. Because that was really a newsworthy headline, guys. We, we, we didn't even know that. That was so surprising, dog. <laughs> the headline would have been if Baker Mayfield was not starting for the right, Carolina Panthers right. Day. That was the headline. Um, but you're just looking forward to it. And your juices are flowing here as you, you can taste real football just you know, coming right around the corner. Uh, oh, so close, no doubt. Uh, kids starting to go back to school. Um, you know, so all your parents get to enjoy your uh, – basically your – your your leisure things a little bit more here. So we're just continuing the great coverage throughout the week. Obviously, next week leading up to the first week of September, heading into, of course, facing the Carolina Panthers. Appreciate everybody makes Lockdown Browns their first listen, whether it is on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you're following, subscribe. Of course, now on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the show, notifications on. So as soon as the content drops, it is there for you to digest. All that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.